We're so glad that you're with us today. I want to ask you, if you would, to take your Bibles out, whether you have a paper Bible bound in leather or whether you have a digital Bible, I want you to grab it. And I want you to turn to Psalm chapter 91. We've been in a series throughout the summer called Dedicate. And we are taking certain psalms, which are actually songs, and we are dedicating those psalms to those of you who are watching here today. And there's so many wonderful things that God has put in his psalms just for us, but there's so many issues that God actually addresses in these psalms, and they are just for you today. When I was in ninth grade, I was at a a winter retreat in Upper Michigan with my church youth group. That's back when youth groups were called youth groups. And... um, While I was there, I made a decision that when I graduated from college, that I was going to go into full-time ministry. And I was excited about it. My parents were excited about it. I felt that, that God had called me to make that decision. And so I answered that call when I was in ninth grade. But something happened after I made that decision that I was not fully prepared for. I began to experience spiritual attack, spiritual attack like like nothing I had experienced before. And my life began to feel like a battlefield. There was, there was this war that was going on inside of me that was being waged primarily in my mind. And I remember telling my cousins one time, uh, it was during my senior year of high school, that I just felt like Satan was just trying to take me out. And the battle became even more intense during my college years as I began to to, to really battle with temptation. I began to battle with, with, with doubts about my calling and, and the direction of my life. And I also began to, to wrestle with questions about God and about his character and, and all of those things. And so after I, I kind of got through college in 1988, when I'd entered into full-time ministry, it just kind of felt like the battle shifted a bit because not only was I dealing with what I thought and felt and believed to this day was demonic assaults to the mind, but now I was dealing with real people who wanted to trip me up or others that were not always happy with the way that I did things. And this was before social media. This is back when, when people would actually say things to your face or write you a letter or something like that. But it was during those early years of ministry in New Jersey that God introduced me to this amazing Psalm, Psalm chapter 91. And I wanna read it to you today. So follow along with me if you would in your Bibles. This writer says in verse one, he who dwells in the shelter of the most high will abide in the shadow of the almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust, for he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you in his, with his pinions and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and a buckler. You will not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the destruction that waits, that wastes at noonday. A thousands may fall at your side, ten thousands at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only look with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked because you have made the Lord your dwelling place, the most high who is my refuge. No evil shall be allowed to befall you, no plague come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all of your ways. And on their hands they will bear you up lest you strike your foot against a stone. You will 
tread on the lion and the adder, the young lion and the serpent, you will trample, trample underfoot. Because he holds fast to me in love, I will deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. When he calls to me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Now, when I think about all of the issues that we are dealing with today, not only in our country, but also in our nation and all over the world, I cannot think of a more appropriate psalm for us to be studying right now. Let me explain what I mean by that. Well, I want you to look more, more closely at some of the words and phrases that are communicated in this psalm. In verse one, you see the word shelter. In verse two, you see the word refuge and fortress. In verse four, you see the word shield. Verse five, you see the words terror by night and arrow by day. In verse six, you see the words pestilence and destruction. Verse seven, you see the words a thousand may fall. Verse nine, you see the word refuge. Verse 11, you see the word guard. Verse 15, you see the word rescue. When you read those words, listen, there is absolutely no doubt that Psalm 91 is addressing warfare. It is referencing a battle. It is talking about an ongoing conflict. This is a song for battle that is addressing an atmosphere of daily oppressive enemy attack. And although this psalm was written thousands of years ago, it's not addressing an attack that, that, that was against the nation of Israel. It's not addressing a physical attack on the writer of this psalm. This writer is using words to describe something in the spiritual realm. He is using words like fouler and wicked and evil. He is describing a promise of, of angelic assistance and divine intervention. And when you consider all of that, you realize that this psalm is about surviving the attacks of your spiritual enemy, which is Satan and his crew of demonic hooligans, all right? It talks about a battle in the unseen spiritual realms. It talks about a need for spiritual assistance and spiritual weapons. You see, we have an enemy today that is an opportunist and he looks for opportunities to interject fear into the lives of Christ followers. He looks for opportunities to create dis, disunity amongst brothers and sisters in, in, in Christ. He looks for opportunities to, to stir the pot of gossip and envy and jealousy and conflict and, 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 and anger and divisiveness amongst good church going folks. This Psalm is so timely today, not only for the entire planet, but especially for our nation. We're dealing with a pandemic and it's a very real situation. There are people in our church today that are battling with COVID, but our enemy is using this situation to paralyze the people of God with fear and discouragement and even despair. There's so many people who are losing hope out there. And the situation has also become very political and very divisive. We're also dealing with a racial crisis in our nation and, and it's a very real situation as well. And there are, very, there, are, there are deep feelings and there are deep emotions that are attached to this issue. And it has also become very political and very divisive. But because our enemy is an opportunist, here's what he wants, us, wants to do. He wants to turn people against each other. He wants us to attack each other with, with labels and with terms that tear us apart. Instead of looking at this as a, as a time of healing and a time of unity, a, a tremendous opportunity for Christ followers 
The enemy is using it as a time to divide and conquer. And instead of looking to spiritual solutions to these spiritual issues, too many Christians' followers are looking to, uh, in, 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 in wrong places. They're listening to, to wrong voices that, that is leading us to wrong, wrong answers and wrong solutions. And right now, listen, we need to realize that we have a spiritual enemy that is coming against us with extreme spiritual strength and we will not make it through this time without spiritual help. Now, I don't have enough time today to lay out all the full array of how the enemy attacks us, but I want to make you aware of two means of attacks. All right, first of all, there are certain people that come up against you at times that are just simply evil. They are clearly being controlled by Satan. I've seen this personally and very directly when I've traveled to places like Jamaica and places like Burkina Faso, Africa. There have been moments right here in this area that we live in where I've dealt with people who are, who are trapped in the occult or, or trapped in witchcraft or have been heavily affluenced by, by drugs. And, and you can just feel the, the spiritual oppression in those situations. On, on the other hand, not all spiritual battles are that obvious. In fact, most of the time when you, when you are dealing with a spiritual battle, it's more subtle in nature. You have people turning against one another. You have people trapped in habitual sin. You have people who are, who are stirring up disunity and dissension in the church. And, and so as followers of, of Jesus Christ, here's what we have to remember. We have not been removed from the presence of evil and wickedness in this world. We are, we are in the battle. It is going on around us all of the time. Jesus said this to, to, as he was praying to his father. He, he said this as he was praying for his disciples. He, he said in, in John chapter 17, verse 15, he said, I do not ask that you take them out of it. You take them out of the world. But I ask that you will keep them from the evil one. Now, when you read that, you might want to say, well, well wait a minute, Jesus. Well, why, would, why would God save us and then choose to allow us to continue to live in a hostile, wicked, non-Christian world system? Why not just rescue us right now from all of this craziness that's going around all, all, all over the place? Well, I don't have all the answers to those questions, but I can tell you that how we handle these moments of crisis, how we handle this pandemic, how we handle the, these conflicts, how we handle this racial issue that we're dealing with right now will either point people away from Jesus or they will point people to Jesus. See, the ultimate prize for our enemy in this battle is, is not our eternal security. I mean, for, if you're a, a follower of Jesus Christ and you've nailed your salvation decision down, that's not what he's after. You can't lose that. What he wants to go after is your day-to-day -day faith. Listen, in this battle, God has promised to preserve us through the conflict. He didn't leave us here to face all of these things so that we could isolate ourselves and hide ourselves away in our little spiritual bubbles. No, instead, he left us here empowered to live courageously on the front lines, claiming his protection and his covering and his strength amidst the battle. But in order for us to enjoy the benefits of, of this protection and covering, listen, we need to know how to approach this battle on a day-by-day, minute-by-minute, moment-by-moment basis. So how should we approach this battle? Well, I want you to listen to the writer of Psalms 91 once again as he lays out the survival strategy for this battle in verse 1. Here's what he says. He says, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide 
in the shadow of the Almighty. Now, the writer says protection and covering and strength are found in two words. The word dwelling and the word abiding. The word dwell means to remain, to stay in something permanently. The word dwell is used here to encourage us to live in constant fellowship with God and to, and to draw our strength from him alone every single day. It's the idea of continually living in his presence and constantly having him involved in every detail of our lives. Actually, this psalm is written very specifically to dwellers. In other words, you cannot claim the promises of God's protection and deliverance outside of being a dweller. Dwellers are, are those who draw their daily strength from the Lord as they walk in close, intimate fellowship with him. It's the closeness and intimacy that, that brings the protection and the deliverance. Don't, don't forget that, okay? It's so important as you read this. Then we're told that this close fellowship is, is, is kept secure by abiding in the shadow of the Almighty. The word abide here means to find a place to lodge, a place to rest. Now, let me sum up what verse one is actually saying here. It's saying, if we will choose to dwell in intimacy and in close fellowship with the Lord. In other words, we are keeping our sins confessed. We are, we are keeping our relationship with God in a good place. We are walking in moment by moment dependence upon him. He says, then, then we will enjoy the benefits of living under his protective care when we are weary in the battle and when we just need a place to rest. If we will walk closely with him throughout everyday life, we can count on him to deliver us when life gets rough. Now listen to what he says next in verse two. He says, I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Now a refuge is a place of rest. A fortress is a place of defense. Notice that the writer doesn't say that the Lord will provide these things. Instead, he says, that the Lord is these things. He is our refuge. He is our fortress. That's why the whole idea of dwelling in him is so important. When we dwell in him, it doesn't just provide our rest and defense. He actually, the Lord actually becomes our rest and our defense. Now don't miss the word trust at the end of verse two. It's the same word that is used in Proverbs three, chapter five and six with the same idea. And the Bible says in Proverbs 3, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. Back in August of 2010, matter of fact, it was August 23rd. I'll never, never forget this day. I went skydiving in Rockmart, Georgia. I jumped out of a perfectly good airplane at 4,000 feet and I did a free fall for about 9,000 feet, covering 1,000 feet per 6.5 seconds. It was one of the most amazing, exhilarating experiences of my entire life. But in order to do that, I had to put my total trust in the instructor. I had to trust his ability to pack that parachute correctly. I had to trust that he would pull the right cord at the right time. I had to trust that he had anchored himself securely to me when we jumped out of that plane. And I had to trust that he would land me correctly after that chute came out. I literally put my life and my security and my future in this guy's hands. Listen, 
That's the kind of trust that the Lord wants from us every day. He wants us to trust him completely with every aspect of our lives, especially those moments when we're facing a spiritual battle. Well, what does God promise to do in the battle? Look at verse three. He says, for he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions and under his wings, you will find refuge. His faithfulness, listen, is a shield and a buckler. Here's what God promises to do in the, in, in the midst of the battle. He promises to deliver, he promises to cover, and he promises to shield. Listen, when you read that, it is a beautiful picture of God's character. Notice the word he is used with each one of these promises. That means that he alone will do these things for you. That means that no one else can provide this kind of assistance and deliverance for your life. He says that he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler. The writer here, he paints a picture of a bird getting caught in a trap because it's been enticed by something that it needed. And this bird in this picture is facing certain death. But God comes into the picture and he delivers the bird from the trap. Then the writer says, he will cover you with pinions under his wings. The Lord is pictured here as a bird that is, that is keeping close watch over his flock. When danger approaches, he spreads his wings out and he creates a covering to keep his children hidden from predators. As a matter of fact, he actually pulls them in. Then it says he promises to shield us by his faithfulness. The writer here is talking about a shield that's large enough to protect a soldier from a barrage of arrows. And the idea is that when we are in the heat of battle, when the enemy's attacks become too much to bear, the faithfulness of God is there to protect us. We can actually hide behind him when those arrows are coming against us. So he promises to deliver us, he promises to cover us, and he promises to, to shield us from the attacks of our enemy. Now, the writer in this moment, in this psalm, he changes his focus from the Lord and he begins to size up our enemy and he also calculates our chance to survive the battle. Now I'm going to give you just a little spoiler alert, okay? We stand a 100% chance of victory in this battle. So what, we can, what can we expect in the midst of this battle? Well, assuming, assuming that we are dwelling, assuming that we are dwellers and that we are dwelling and abiding in continual and close intimacy with the Lord. Here's what the writer says that we can expect in the battle. Matter of fact, he makes some really bold predictions here. Verse five, he says, you will not fear the terror of the night nor the arrow that flies by day nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness nor the destruction that wastes at noonday. Here's what this writer is saying. He says, listen, here's what you can expect in the midst of this battle. You will have no fear. Notice the words that are used to describe Satan's demonic attack against us. He uses the words terror, arrows, pestilence, and destruction. Now notice that these attacks come. They come at any time of the night or day. Our enemy wants to paralyze us all day long at any time with intimidation and fear. But the psalmist assures us, listen, we won't be afraid because the truth of God's faithfulness will cover us and protect us while the enemy relentlessly fires arrows in our direction. Then he says, listen, we can expect this, that your faith will prevail while others fall. 
Verse 7, I'm going to read it again. It says, A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only look with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked because you have made the Lord your dwelling place, the most high who is my refuge. No evil shall be allowed to befall you. No plague come near your tent. Listen, there is a theme, a protection and faith that, that are written between each line of this psalm. For, for those whose faith is in the Lord, securely anchored in the Lord. Listen, there is a promise here that God will not allow those who attack you to go unpunished. Now listen, I know that when we, when we get attacked, we, we want to seek revenge against people who come against us. I mean, sometimes when we get attacked, we feel, listen, I need to go on the offense right now. I need to go on the offense against these people. But listen, there is a promise here that not only will God deal with those who come against you, but he will actually deflect everything that is being thrown your way. But again, those promises are connected to our willingness to dwell in him, our willingness to trust in him and to have faith in his abilities to protect us. Now, faith always demands an object. Don't forget that. Our faith always demands an object. You say, what does that mean? Well, when we are undergoing or seeking release from Satan's attacks, here's what we can cling to. We can cling to four specific truths in God's word to claim victory. We can cling to the, to, to the truth of the cross. We can go to specific verses that declare Satan's defeat as a result of Jesus Christ giving his life on the cross. We can claim the blood of Jesus. We can pray verses of scripture that deal with the power of the blood of Jesus and how that power covers us even to this day. We can claim the name of Jesus. Listen, we can seek deliverance and strength by saddle to a horse. Here's a good way to translate these words from the Lord in verse 14. Because he clings affectionately to me. Because he clings affectionately to me. And then the Lord lays out all of these promises for us. I will deliver him. I will cover him. I will rescue him. I will take care of him. Listen, I love this Psalms. It is, it is so powerful. I've been leaning into this psalm for a good, good part of my life because it gives us hope. It shows us the true heart and the true character of God. It reveals the depths of his love for us. But before I close, I wanna do something. I wanna, I wanna teach you to do something, if I could, that I believe will help you to make this psalm very relevant and very applicable to your life today. Not just for today, but for the rest of your life. Here's what I want to do. I want to teach you to pray this psalm over your life. I want to teach you how to pray this psalm over your marriage. I want to teach you how to pray this psalm over your singleness. I want to teach you how to pray this psalm over your children at night. How you can walk into their rooms, whether they're awake or whether they're sleeping, and just be able to pray very powerful words of God over their lives. Listen, there is nothing more powerful when it comes to prayer than praying God's very own words right back to him. Verse 15 says this, God says, when he calls to me, I will answer him. When he calls to me, I will answer him. So what I've done is I've taken this Psalm and I've made it very personal for us today. We'll try to figure out a way later on to repost this so that you can have it. But as you bow your head right now, I wanna pray this Psalm over you at home. I know for a lot of you, you know, you, this pandemic has maybe created a lot of fear inside of you. 
a lot of apprehension, a lot of doubt, maybe some discouragement. Maybe you're battling with depression today. Maybe you're just in the, in the depths of despair. You're struggling. Maybe you've had a job loss and you're looking to the future and you don't know when all of this is going to end and how you're going to take care of your family, how you're going to meet your own needs. And I mean, you're just, you're just kind of, you're shaking right now. For some of you, all of this racial tension that's going on in our nation is just, just, you're so conflicted. You see this, you see that, you read this, you read that. You don't know what to do. It's almost like you're just paralyzed. You don't wanna say the wrong thing. You don't wanna do the wrong thing. You, you wanna see unity. You wanna see people healed. You wanna bring, you wanna see people come together in the name of Jesus Christ, but you're almost paralyzed. You don't know what to do next. And can I tell you, the enemy is just having a field day right now in our community, our nation, our world, but we are overcomers. And this Psalm points that out to us today. There's such power. There's such truth in the words of this Psalm, Psalm chapter 91. And so with your head bowed, wherever you are today, I wanna pray very specifically for you. Father, I choose to live in the shadow and in the shelter of the Most High. I choose to find my rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about you, Lord. Today I say to the Lord, you alone are my refuge and my place of safety. You are my God and I will trust in you. I will ask you today to rescue me from every trap and Lord, would you protect me from every deadly disease? And Lord, as I pray this right now, personally, I pray this over every person listening. Today, I ask you to cover me with your feathers and shelter me with your wings, Lord. Lord, your faithful promises are your armor and your protection. Therefore, I will not be afraid of the tears of the night nor the arrows that flies in the day. I will not dread the disease that stalks in the darkness nor the disaster that strikes at midday. Father, though a thousand fall at my side, though 10,000 are dying around me, these evils will not touch me. I will see with my own eyes how the wicked are punished because I have made the Lord my refuge and I have made the most high my shelter. And because of all of that, no evil will conquer me. No plague will come near my home. For you will order your angels to protect me. Wherever I go, they will hold me up with their hands so I won't even hurt my foot on a stone. You will trample upon lions and cobras. You will crush fierce lions and serpents under your feet. Lord, you say, I will rescue those who love me. I'll protect those who trust in my name. When they call on me, I will answer. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue and honor them. I will reward them with a long life and I will give them my salvation. Lord, today, I claim these promises for my own life. I claim these promises for my wife. I claim these promises for my sons. I claim these promises, Father, over my marriage. I claim these promises over my home. I claim these promises for our church. I claim these promises for every single person that is watching this today. You know every situation. You know every person that's watching and what they're dealing with. Lord, you know their fears. You know their doubts. You know their temptations, you know their troubles. Lord, you know their sins. Father, we claim today, not only your promises, but we claim your deliverance and we claim your protection in the powerful name of Jesus. And we say thank you. 
in Jesus' name.